Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman another day guys how are you how are you doing i know it's such a hard time right now and there's so much going on in the world that's tough there's so much uncertainty The one thing you can depend on is that we are here for you. So the podcast is not going anywhere. Here we are. I'm back recording week after week. You know, maybe not as consistently as usual, but pretty much. uh, It's hard to get into a routine with so much up in the air. And yet a routine is what so many of us are craving. Well, my routine has been really log jammed with homeschooling. I find that I absolutely adore homeschooling. I love teaching my kids. I love watching them learn. I love seeing where they're struggling, which is surprising me because things that I thought were challenging for them come so easily and things that I expected that they were rocking at school I've noticed that, wow, I expect you to be further along. So it's been really interesting. And I love particularly sharing with them my things that I would want them to learn. So of course, we did do some color theory, right? We did do some painting. We created color wheels. We talked about what a neutral color is versus a Roy G. Biv color. We got into it. But also things like, you know, expressing your emotions through journaling, which I find to be so helpful at this time. Uh, Tackling hard feelings like sadness or overwhelm or loneliness because now they can't see their friends. Uh, I love navigating that with them and sharing with them that I'm going through it too. We're kind of in this together and While I might have some more strategies than you, I'm feeling it too. And how can we help each other? It's been a really beautiful time to get out in nature with our masks on. Don't worry, we are wearing our masks. Sometimes we are even wearing gloves. But we are getting outside and we are stopping to smell every flower that we find along the way. And that's been really precious too. 
even though it's been difficult and devastating to watch as interior design has slowed down or moved exclusively to virtual because I get so much out of our in-home and in-person meetings, it's been great to find this new balance of family meets work. And I thought I might even get a little balance in there where I could fulfill some of my personal desires, like um, starting to paint again. You know, I bought an easel, I bought my set of paints, and I had no idea how overwhelming homeschooling and running a business or trying to keep my business viable during this time would be. So there's been no painting. I thought, okay, well, why don't I try painting during homeschool, like making it a lesson? So I put on Bob Ross for the kids. We got our canvases. I bought the expensive paints. We were painting and my kids started freaking out because he does go a little bit quickly. And so we put it on the slowest setting on YouTube. And I thought, you know, his voice has such a beautiful cadence that will all mellow out. No, even at one-fourth speed, my kids were freaking out. They were really upset that their mountains didn't look like his mountains. Their little trees weren't quite as happy as his. It lasted all of 10 minutes. And every time I bring up painting now, they're like, no. So hopefully I haven't scarred them for life. And I haven't gotten to have my Bob Ross moment since. But I'm going to start again soon. Soon. Going to do that AID TV soon. So much to do soon. But the main thing to do is to stay safe, survive, and love the ones you're with. Even if you're quarantining solo, I hope you're able to reach out to friends and family. I myself have been feeling so nostalgic during this time, reaching out to everyone. How are you doing? What's going on? I miss you. It's been interesting. All right, everybody. Well, I really appreciate you guys reaching out because lots of questions have poured in, lots of support has poured in, and I can't tell you what that means to me. So many of you have asked how you can help. I've gotten more and more emails as the weeks go by, and I want to let you know the very best way you can help us here is to become a premium member. For $5.99 a month or $49.99 a year, you can keep us on the airwaves. You can send your love and support, and you'll get access to all of our bonus archives of lots of additional footage. Additionally, new episodes are being released once a month, and I'm sharing my predictions for the future of interior design in May's bonus episode. So head on over to affordableinteriordesign.com backslash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com/podcast to uh, become a premium member and show us your support. Okay, without further ado, let's launch into some of these amazing questions. My first one comes from Mary, and Mary writes, Betsy, where is your style quiz available as you had mentioned on an earlier podcast? Thanks, Mary from the Twin Cities. Mary from the Twin Cities, I sure do miss that place. This is the time of year when Minneapolis and St. Paul are really at their best. It's before it gets oppressively hot and the mosquitoes come out, but there's no chance of snow. So you're kind of in that beautiful place where I would take my Schwinn when I was in college there and go riding around the lakes and just get lost in my thoughts. I hope you can still do that with this coronavirus outbreak because it is is one of my fondest memories of that place. 
All right, my style quiz. This one's easy, an easy question for me to answer. If you are wondering about your personal style, I have a very fun and easy quiz on the website. So when you go to affordableinteriordesign.com, it should just pop up before you. Now, if it doesn't pop up for you when you go to affordableinteriordesign.com, um, you may find that you've been to the website before. So maybe you've closed it out because it won't reappear if you've ever closed it before. So you'll want to open an incognito window on your computer and just go to affordableinteriordesign.com. It'll pop right up. I think the quiz will take you less than three minutes and you can figure out your personal style. I created the quiz and so I really threaded in there some of the biggest cues that I get from clients to help me instantly identify what they like and what they don't like. So I hope it will help you identify that as well, Mary. I'll move to my next question. My next question comes from Megan. All right, Megan writes, Hi, Betsy. Thank you so much for staying on the air and helping us all to get through self-isolation together. I have a lot of questions for you, but I'll start with my entryway and hallway. I want this area to be pretty minimal. I don't want surfaces that will attract clutter. But I feel like a bench or a console table would help it to feel less sparse in here. I like the Lizabo bench from Ikea, for example. If we did use a bench, we would need a bigger mirror that's not so high off the ground. How do we go about selecting a rug that works for the area just inside the doorway and the hallway itself? Or should those be separate rugs? The dimensions are <clears throat> five and a half by 15 feet. The style I'm going for is sophisticated, or fresh bohemian. All right, Megan, so looking at your pictures, it's not entirely straightforward. You do have two separate areas. You have kind of a foyer by your main door, sort of a landing, right, that is wide and rectangular. But then that entryway breaks into two. On the right-hand side, you have a staircase going upstairs. And on the left-hand side, you have a hallway leading to what appears to be the kitchen. Now, for that wide space right by the door, certainly you could put a wide rug. You have a fairly wide rug there now. And the thing that you want to be careful with whenever you have a rug near a door, whether it's an entry door, a closet door, a bathroom door, I don't care, is that you want to make sure you have clearance for a rug. And I do what is called the toe test. I put my toe under the door and if it doesn't fit, I don't have clearance for a rug to be in the way of the door because I don't want, as I open the door, for the rug to be prohibiting it from opening smoothly or I don't want the rug to be bubbling up, right? That would be a constant annoyance. It appears that in the entryway, you do have room for a rug and it appears to me that way not just visually but also because you have a rug there. That said, the reason I do my toe, which is of course thicker, because I use my big toe, than say a normal style rug is because you do want a rug pad. You don't want a thin style cotton mat or thin style, any type of rug, shifting around and moving constantly. So I like a rug pad under all my indoor rugs. 
Now, we've solved that initial sort of landing situation. The next place where you might want a rug is in that hallway. As I mentioned, you have the stairs on the right-hand side. And if you have a runner rug on the stairs, which I cannot tell from these pictures, that might inform the look of that landing rug as well as this hallway rug, right? Um, but in terms of the hallway, if you do put a bench or if you do put a console, the rug needs to either be fully under that bench or console or fully in front of the bench or console. In this case, we don't want it to look like wall-to-wall carpeting, so it would be fully in front of. I still would like it to be centered down this hallway, so it's going to have to be narrow enough that when it's in front of the piece of furniture that you decide to put, it can be equidistant from the other wall. So the rug doesn't look off-center in a goofy way. In my mind, that means that you need quite a narrow console, like maybe 10 to 12 inches deep. So that way you can center a good size width runner rug in this space. Because if you put an 18 deep bench, which is the standard depth of a bench, 18 inches, then you're going to have to subtract 18 inches from the other side, and that's going to give you a narrow strip of space for that rug, and I think it's going to look goofy. I would be inclined to put a console table here because a bench is much deeper. I would be inclined to do maybe a piece of art or a larger mirror. With a mirror, you're putting it there to serve a purpose whether it's to check yourself while you're coming and going, or whether it's to reflect light. In this case, it's opposite a doorway, which may be a powder room, maybe an entry closet, and you have a doorbell above it, as well as it appears a thermostat beside it. Youch! There is so much going on in this wall that it feels visually cluttered a little too complicated. If there was a way to remove or cover up the doorbell or the thermostat, I would be into that because like I said, visually this wall is a little bit cluttery already just with the functional things it has on it. What I'm trying to say is this is not straightforward, but in an entryway, you want to set that clean first impression. So you are right to have a strong reaction to clutter and I am hesitant to tell you to put a lot more in here until you can fix that structural clutter you already have going on. All right, Megan, I hope that helped and you have a very handsome dog, by the way. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today.
let's get to our next question. Our next question comes from Darina. Darina writes, Hi Betsy, greetings from the Czech Republic. I am a big fan of yours, especially your podcast. You do such a great job explaining how to decorate our homes. I don't think I actually have the eye for design, but since I have just bought a new apartment, I knew there must be rules and theory behind interior design. And I am so glad to hear in your podcast that you are also an advocate of the fact that you do not have to be a born designer to design a beautiful and functioning home. So I'm getting all the info out there and your podcast has been so helpful. Yes, real quickly before I answer your questions, I just want to emphasize that. I for design, I hate it. I have been talking to people who have been thinking about joining the academy. I've been talking to our students who are currently in Affordable Interior Designs Academy, and it really bugs me, really bugs me when people say, I feel like I have a great eye for design. I feel like you need a fabulous eye for design. It makes my skin crawl it because it makes interior design seem like this out of reach only for the chosen few vocation. And I find that to be so antithetical to how I work. It's all rules and formulas. And if you are gifted with the magical way of putting things together, sometimes, and I have noticed this at my own firm as well as with my interior design friends, you rely on that eye for design and you don't ground it in mathematics. So sometimes your proportions can be off. Sometimes your sizes don't work because you felt that this would look so great in there, but you can't back it up with facts and numbers, which is so important because this is all about spatial relationships, human function in the space. How big a walkway do humans need? How much room do we need for our knees, right? So when you're just designing off instinct and gut and not relying on facts and proportion, you can get into a world of hurt. And I have seen it time and time again. All right, Darina, I'm preaching to the choir here. Let me get to your questions. As you can see, the floor plan of my apartment is very small. It's on the ground floor with windows only facing one direction on the main street. So it is really dark, even on bright summer days. Yet, people are walking right by the windows, so privacy is very important. I was wondering what your thoughts are on a mirrored backsplash in the kitchen. I want to add some reflective light since there is no window in that part of the room. Would you also add an LED strip below the kitchen units? Is the light going to reflect on the mirrored backsplash? No. The light is not going to reflect on the mirrored backsplash because you are not going to use a mirrored backsplash, Darina. Ew, that is so 80s-tastic. No mirrored backsplashes. Keep it light in color. Keep it bright and reflective by maybe choosing a glossy type tile for your backsplash, by maybe choosing a white or a very pale tone in terms of a color. Do not do mirrored. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, Unless your style is disco, that is not going to be a great look. I'm open to you putting LED strips below the cabinets if you feel that you need that in order to have a workspace that's illuminated. So if you need to see when you're cutting and chopping, I would definitely do that. If you're just trying to augment the light in the room, that would not be the way I would go. I would instead install an overhead that has brighter wattage. I'm just looking through your pictures here. 
That would be my instinct rather than relying on the under cabinet lighting to add atmospheric lighting to the room. Let me go to your next question. Your next question is about window treatments, you write. There's only one large window in each room and not enough space for blinds. I'm thinking of double curtains where one is sheer and one is dark, which I would not be moving. But right under the window is a radiator, which will cause creasing. What are your thoughts about that? Yes, you do have a radiator right under your window. It also seems like it might be, I can't tell if it's an HVAC unit, you know, where it does both heating and cooling. If it does both heating and cooling, I wouldn't want you to cover it at all with drapes because it will really restrict your airflow. I don't see a reason why this window couldn't have blinds. You have a nice deep window box. I don't understand why they couldn't be inset in that window box. And I would do top down blinds because you do get a lot of foot traffic right outside your home. Top down blinds would allow you to get nice natural illumination from the top and have privacy on the bottom. Now I'm gonna trust you when you say that's not possible, even though from these pictures I can't tell why. So if top-down blinds truly aren't possible, if this is an HVAC unit, which does let out heating as well as cooling, what I might recommend, even though I am loath to do this, is I might recommend, you know, a nice long rod with just one treatment. If you feel you don't need opacity, which is total blackout, if you feel you could get away with letting some light through while still obtaining that privacy, I would do something like an open weave linen or a type of sheer. And everybody's going to shock, be in shock. Everybody's going to gasp when I say this. You could make it cropped. So you could crop it so that it rests just below the window box, but does not cover up the HVAC system because I really am loath to restrict that airflow. The other thing is these windows are wide. So you are going to need double wide panels on the windows that I can see here in the pictures, which means that's going to be a lot of fabric. So you're going to want to make sure that these drapes are on grommets. So when you push them to the side, they don't bounce back and eat up all of your window. You may also find that you want to hang the bracket for that hardware up and outside the window so that way you have a place for that fabric to puddle when it's not closed. I really don't like a double rod with a sheer and a more opaque curtain in front of it because the sheer tends to blouse out out from behind the larger drape. If you were going to do a cropped double situation it's just double the visual offensiveness. It's just ill-fitting and very bulky. I would only want you to do that double treatment, those the sheer with the drape, if you also needed that blackout effect. Say if somebody was staying in your living room frequently and you wanted them to be able to sleep in, something like that. All right, Darina, there's lots of different ways to work these windows, but I would make sure you can't do top-down blinds before you abandon that idea. All right, let me go to your next question, which is about the hallway. The hallway is also a bit of an issue to me. There is a large space as you walk in behind the door where I will get a wardrobe installed. I am just like yourself a dumper, so I am going to need hooks. Which wall would you put them on? I don't want to open the doors and see all my jackets and coats hanging as the first view of entering the apartment. Would you put a mirror right opposite the door or is artwork the best way to go? The one thing that's bothering me is you mentioned that you're going to install a wardrobe behind the door. 
that's kind of bad feng shui. According to feng shui, you want to be able to fully open your entry door without hitting anything. Now, we can't always have optimal feng shui, so I'm willing to let that dream die if this is truly the best option, but I want you to consider that as you're thinking about the placement for your wardrobe. I also want to share a revelation I've had. Remember I told you I'm a dumper? I am. I am. But I myself in my home five years ago got a wardrobe and eliminated the hooks. There's no entry closet, unfortunately. It's an old home and it just wasn't built that way. So I got that armoire that serves as an entry closet. And I will tell you, I hang up my coat every day. My husband doesn't hang up his coat every day, but he will open the armoire and shove it on his shelf. And that has been a revelation. So New tricks can be learned by old dogs, and I am just the dog barking at you telling you it is so. I use a hanger every gosh darn day that I use a jacket or coat, and I have been most impressed with myself. As Dr. Phil says, you may not be familiar with Dr. Phil Darina because you don't live here in the States, but Dr. Phil is a guy I used to watch a lot. Now, not so much. Um... But he says, you know, it takes a certain number of days to create a habit. And I have been hanging my code for well over that certain number of days. And it is now officially a habit. So I want you to have a little more faith in yourself and see if you could potentially create that habit as well. If you find that you can't create the habit, I agree with you that the coats should not be directly opposite the front door. It's not a great first impression. But based on your floor plan, I do see a bit of sidewall over there and I would put the hooks on the sidewall. You asked about a mirror opposite the entry door. According to feng shui, yes, feng shui, you never wanna have a mirror directly opposite your entry door because all the good feng shui, all the good chi that you bring in from your day will immediately bounce back out of your house. Uh, so what you want to do is make sure that the mirror is close to the entry door so you can check yourself coming and going, but instead you'll have a compelling piece of art directly opposite your door so you don't lose out on all that delicious chi. Last question. Also, do you have any ideas on how to decorate or design very small dark spaces? I know I want to incorporate lots of metal and reflective material to move the light around the room, such as a glass side table, steel lamp. Also, most of my furniture will be white, cream, and gray with some hints of brown. I have attached my mood board, but I do worry it's going to look a little dull. Well, I love that you made a mood board. That is really fantastic. And I like that you're thinking about illumination. I don't, in a small space that's dark, worry about a lot of reflection or light bouncing off of things, except for mirrors. I do like to incorporate mirrors because a mirror hung directly opposite a light source will reflect the light from that light source onto the other side of the room. Just like a mirror hung directly opposite a window will bounce more natural light around the room. But I would not specifically incorporate a metal lamp or a metal end table just to get more light reflection. I actually think that that might feel a little overwhelming and it might make the space feel visually cold to have so much metal and glass present. Rather, I would think about things that are lighter in tone 
rather than having a navy blue rug, maybe you have a paler blue rug. I would also think about incorporating lots of lights, right? Lamps, cozy pools of illumination that would be well dispersed around your space. So maybe that means an arcing lamp above your dining table. Maybe that means a floor lamp. As you know, each room needs a minimum of three lamps in addition to any overheads. And if this is a space that is particularly troubled when it comes to illumination, Certainly, you can do more than three lamps. Uh, lamps not only serve to brighten a room, but they're visual sculptures that can increase the interest level in a space and can make it seem like you have all these cool things around. And if it's too much illumination, well, certainly you can turn one off or get a full range dimmer plug from a place like Amazon. Do you have Amazon in the Czech Republic? Anyway, if you don't now, you probably will soon. They're taking over everything. Uh, but that would be my recommendation for you. You still want to incorporate some wood. You still want to incorporate some color so that your whole design focus isn't just about increasing illumination. You also want to make it a cozy, home-like atmosphere, right? Okay. Uh, you wrap up your email by saying, that's all there is for me. I hope you are keeping safe and well during these difficult times. It is not easy for anyone around this whole world. Over here, a few small shops are slowly starting to reopen, and I'm trying to be positive. I can't wait for more podcasts. You and your friendly voice have been keeping me distracted and focused during all the madness around. Best wishes, Darina. Darina, that is a beautiful way to leave today's podcast. You know, I think that this pandemic is horrible. So much negativity and so much turmoil has come from it. But there are also some really beautiful things. And the one beautiful thing is that this kind of brings the whole world together. This is one of the very few things that we're all collectively experiencing at almost the same time. And that has sort of been a little magical. You know, I'm talking with my friends in France and they're going through things, you know, two weeks before it hits us. And we're all leaning on each other, not just to connect on Skype or WhatsApp, but also to share stories, to meet each other again in a new way. I just think it's such a rare opportunity for the whole world to unite, not just against a common foe, but in a common way in terms of we're all being restricted and yet hopefully we're all being more connected. Darina, you said it beautifully. All right, everyone. If you have questions, don't hesitate to send them to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And I look forward to hearing from you all soon, hearing your updates, seeing you when I see you on Facebook. Feel free to follow Affordable Interior Design. And until next time, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. I'm thinking of you. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. 
And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.